In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to another episode of A Visit from the FBI, your weekly dose of pro wrestling fantasy booking. I am your host, Detective Mark Sparks, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? It's me. It's me. It's JL. Oh, he didn't show up. So I'm going to do the social distancing and the mask wearing and the hand washing and the body washing and the shampooing and the sleeping and the stuff that everybody should be doing. So shameless self-promotion. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Yeah. It's me. <laughs> no, I, I don't. Uh, it's it's going well. Um, Rona's going back down in our area. At least the recent cases have been. So a little less nervous. Um, it's the benefit to being in a rural area. The downside is that you occasionally get some people um, who get a little bit crazy. And uh, the upside is that... Um, Rona goes through them pretty quick, and then, and then the rest of us are fine. So, yeah, you're in an area where the cases are going down a bit. Yeah, yeah, you're in Omaha, so you're in a metro area. Crazy. Anyways, um, like you mentioned, no JLB this week because he was tired and had to go to bed. Yeah, well, you know, things are tough in Montreal when you work from home and you're at home and and uh, home. And uh, school from home. Yeah. I mean, in fairness. out of his house in a month and a half. Is, is he okay? Do not I mean, know. I mean, in fairness to him, it is an hour later there than it is here. And we do record this relatively late at night. So I guess we'll give him a little leeway. A little. Like, not a lot. Not a lot. Just a little. Uh, before we get into the fantasy booking, I would like to remind everyone Raw and Order is part of the Tatnus Co. podcast network. So head on over to tatnusco.com and check out the other shows on the network. If you are new to this particular show, this particular episode format of the Raw and Order show, the premise is simple. We take turns challenging the other person some unknown and often unlikely scenario in the world of professional wrestling. We don't discuss them in advance, so the answers are going to be made up on the spot. Um, I would like to remind sometimes everyone... Sometimes we don't even think about them in advance. Yeah, sometimes we don't. Um, everyone uh, do remember, though, that we do have um, uh, Patreon, so you can support us there, patreon.com slash rawandorderwbu. We have a merch, merch shop shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU. Um, and if you don't want to do one of those, just make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Sharing is the uh, easiest and cheapest way to support us. Just sending out a tweet or a Facebook message or whatever about uh, how much you love this show helps us out more than you know. But let's get into the fantasy booking. Yeah, let's and book some fantasies. Let's book some fantasy. I, I really would like to determine how vicious I'm going to be to you based on how vicious you are to me. Okay. I was planning on going first anyway, so. <laughs> so there. 
Ah. So, yeah. Um, so I will go ahead and go first. And uh, I need you, DA Fabe, to book your Thanksgiving gimmick match. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I had to get to it before you could. I mean, we're oh, staring down Thanksgiving here. here this so is probably... God, it's probably Raw next week, isn't it? So, um... <laughs> yeah, that's the deal, is, is they either have to do it before or after, you know? Uh, I feel like it's a tag team or... It's a tag team or a women's battle royale or... Um, God, I hope they don't do that to the women's division. Um, or faction warfare of some type. I don't feel like we're in a position where we can do either the two main raw factions in that manner. I don't I don't think retribution or um hurt business fits that type of setup. And I and there's just there's not a there's not a new day type right now. I mean other than of course the new day which would be only two so that doesn't work. So <laughs> that means I have to make it a lesser title or lesser of uh, a mid card battle royal, right? I mean, that's if if I'm going to be realistic about this, I could make it for the WC or WWE Championship. Are you there? Good. Yeah. Um. Huh. Um. Let me think. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I kind of want retribution in it. I don't know why. We're going to go to the Raw roster. Raw roster. There we go. We need to have the right roster. Well, they, wait, this is Roman Reigns on the Raw roster. Yeah, that's stupid. Wrong page here. Let's go to this one. I usually use the Wikipedia. Yeah, that's that's pretty solid. On Raw, we've got Drew, Bobby. That's what it'll be. It'll be for the 24-7 championship. Um, this is going to be a... It's going to be a Thanksgiving scavenger hunt for a 24-7 championship title match. So you get our truth in the ring instead of running all over the place. Um, the scavenger hunt is going to consist of having to chase down a turkey, which gives them the chance to bring the gobbledygooker into play. And, um, a fight, an argument which means that we can get a Nikki Cross versus Alexa argument in the back again. Um, a something relating to football, which means we can get Mojo Raleigh involved in it. Um, or Rick Moss, either one's fine. And a nap, because you're so full, which means Matt Riddle's going to get involved in it. Because, you know, he's a stoner. He's tired. So that's what the, those are the scavenger items they have to bring have, and you know they there will be somebody who brings a pillow or whatever, and uh, you know for the nap or whatever it may be. Um, but what happens is Tazawa and oh let me look here Dabakato and Jinder is back from injury. We'll say no Tazawa Dabakato. Um, all of the Lucha House Party, um, Slapjack, <laughs> and Tucker are all chasing down this title, the, the stuff for this, 
and I don't know why Slapjack's involved, but he's the one who ends up trying to bring um, the gobbledygooker in and uh, uh, the rest of Retribution catches him and is like, hey, why are you doing this? This isn't part of who we are. We're not going to be their little gimmicks, their little toys. And so Mustafa Ali kind of you know calls him out and he's like, oh, uh, sorry. And I use Slapjack because... Shane Thorne's probably perfect for that and kind of tries to be fun but isn't allowed to be fun. Um, eventually, what happens is um, trying to pick one of these guys to do this. Dabakato convinces uh, Riddick Moss and Matt Riddle to be the people who come to the ring with him um, as his related to a nap and related to a football player. And because he brings them to the ring, he ends up in a fatal four-way for the 24-7 championship. And we put the title on Matt Riddle. That's right. I'm putting a title, a deserving title on Matt Riddle. Yes, sir, Bob. <laughs> and so then Matt Riddle thinks he's going to run away, but he, he actually starts doing what we wanted to see from Aleister Black with it. And he starts just knocking people out left and right. Just boom, boom. Lince Dorado comes after him. Just heel kick to the face. Out. Um, R-Truth comes after him. Uh, knee, to the, knee to the chin. Out. Just at one after another. Because he doesn't want to run. He's just like, I'm too tired for this. I don't want to run away. I'm over it. And so Matt Riddle holds on to the 24-7 championship because he actually... Uh, he has a title that's befitting of him. And he lends some credibility to it by not defending it this with by running. He defends it by fighting. Okay. So that's that's what I get. That's what I get. And yeah. Probably a better and more thought out uh, Thanksgiving match than we will get. Yeah, we're gonna what we will get is going to be um, maybe for the twenty four seven championship, but it'll be a food fight. Yeah. It'll be a Thanksgiving food fight, and one of them will be dressed up like the gobbledygooker, but it'll turn out that it's actually Tazawa in disguise trying to, or whatever. It'll be dumb. Yeah. Dumb, well, dumb, Since dumb. we don't have a JLB to book the second one, you should probably book it. I wouldn't well. do one. That's what I would do. <laughs> I, I would say, hey, I would just have someone walk out onto the stage and be like, with Thanksgiving coming up, we are going to take tonight... To give you a reason to give thanks by announcing we will not be doing a Thanksgiving-themed match. And every fan would be like, thank God. That's what I I don't know. I probably wouldn't. I I wouldn't mind it if it was sending towards something. Towards something better. Um, like, Like that Matt Riddle thing. You know, you could even have, say, say, Shelton Benjamin. Uh, try and get involved, and then MVP and Bobby Lashley look at him like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Oh, so, so sorry. Like, a couple of those, loosening up some of these these more tense, um, and, and it's not that I don't want the Hurt Business to be a tense, you know, this is how we do things group. I'm just lightening that up, light, lightening that up every now and then wouldn't be so bad. And then, uh, you know, it's 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 when you lighten it up all the time with the same people, um, 
that just gets exhausting and boring and stupid. And, you know, there was a WWE.com actually posted this week on, on their Facebook account and their Insta accounts, um, a survey, maybe it was on their Snapchat. I don't remember, but it was a survey that said, would you rather, who would you rather hang out with? And it was about Dolph and Otis. And I really, I, They've done such a horrible job of presenting. So they have this whole tweener thing, and there's there's no real characters. But literally, those are two guys that are actual characters. Like, like Dolph as a person is a comedian. Who doesn't want to hang out with a comedian in real life? I get your, and, your point, but it does depend on the comedian. Like, technically, Dustin Diamond is a comedian. I don't want to hang out with him. <laughs> That's a valid statement. <laughs> um, so, yes, I get what you're saying. But, I mean, if if you had to choose, hey, comedian who you've never seen that did a successful special. That's all he's done. He hasn't really done a great tour or anything like that or released a super-duper album or anything like that, uh, but did a successful special with other people. Or construction worker who is obsessed with food, and saying silly things on occasion. Which one are you actually going to choose? Like you're probably going to choose semi-successful comedian. I don't know. I just that if that's part of his personality in real life, let's 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 have it, man. So I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. Most likely I'm wrong. Itaki. Speaking of speaking of uh, Otis, we had a guy um, at my work today that. Um, was fixing our building because our building got run into by a large truck and he looked just like Tucker and I walked or just like uh, Otis and I walked outside and went with co-workers and they all looked at me like I was crazy and then I said it's professional wrestling they went oh okay (laughs) I mean you put Tucker or you put Otis in a tight shirt and have his Dunlap, Dunlap fold into the shirt well and everything. This dude's shirt looked like it was painted on and he was built like Tucky or like, like Otis. And I was like, okay, <laughs> there we have it. <laughs> well, like I said, there, there's, there's a lot of things they could do that would be fun around Thanksgiving, but the generic Thanksgiving match never is all that fun no that's that's i think there's things that can be done about it but and i don't mind the idea of a a scavenger hunt i don't even mind the idea of a backstage like the backstage food fight thing it's annoying and it doesn't really contribute anything but i don't mind the power bomb through a table with a turkey on it you know like i don't hate that i just hate when it's when when they try and pretend that it's a match it just drives me crazy. So, anyway. The, wait. Holy crap, I just realized something. Survivor Series. It's yes. the 30th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Not of The Undertaker. Of The Gobbledygooker. Of The Gobbledygooker. <laughs> I mean, it's also of The Undertaker, but it's also of The Gobbledygooker. That's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. They're going to do that. That's gonna. That's what's gonna happen Monday, isn't it? They're gonna I'm do sure. this big hubbub over the 30th anniversary of the Undertaker, and it's gonna roll right into Monday, the 30th anniversary of the Gobbledygooker hatching. Or maybe, maybe 
we always joke about you go you come into this business on your back and you go out on your back maybe Taker goes out to the gobbledygooker Taker goes out to the gobbledygooker at at SummerSlam or at uh, Survivor Series yes oh my gosh that should should we fantasy book that I don't want to. I should make you do. <laughs> I don't want to. It wasn't what I had in mind. No, it was not. So, um, I, I think I'm going to be nice, but I think I'm going to be something that could be a little bit time consuming because I want you to be able to talk. I want you to be able to be involved. I want you to be able to, since you refuse to do your own on a night where um, JLB isn't here, um, I I want you to be able to talk and be involved and. Uh, do something amazing. I want you to book all of the potential. I want you to book as though all of the potential interferers or interferees of uh, the Survivor Series champion versus champion match occur. So you're booking one match, but you have to have the Miz's interference. You have to have um, <laughs> what's the, <laughs> the Fiend's interference. Sorry. Randy Orton's interference, um, potentially Jay or Jimmy Uso's interference, um, but every interference you can think of actually occurring in that match. And then how the match ends. Give me one second, because I'm actually creating a quick document to make sure I remember to put all of the people into it. Um, Ms. Orton, Um, who else do we think might be in it? You still there? Sorry, I muted myself. I was fine. I was assuming you muted, and then I was like, oh, crap. Because uh, we dropped the call once. So, and Miz, which Miz could mean Morrison, uh, Fiend, Fiend, Uso, I knew I was missing Orton, um, DA Vincent K. Fabe, Justin JLB, Gobbledygooker, Gobbledygooker, Undertaker, Undertaker. God, that's what they're going to do, isn't it? Oh, man. I just thought of it. Undertaker is going to come in there and, and win that match. For gonna, Roman or for Drew or just to win? Or so no one actually wins. He's just going to come in and wreck everyone and leave. Wreck everyone and leave. No, I don't want that. Or, want... or he'll attack um, Drew to set up that final match at WrestleMania, which he has said he wanted. So, yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the four main ones. Definitely, and then we'll debate. See if you throw anything else in. If I throw so you are including Ann Uso, not necessarily yes. Jimmy or Jay, but Ann Uso. Ann okay. Uso, yeah. Um, so, so just right off the bat, we know Miz is going to interfere <coughs> at the end. So, so he's going to the back burner while I do the rest of the match. Yeah, he, it's going to be a threat to cash in. He may not even actually cash in. Mm-hmm. If he interferes at all, it's going to be at or around the pin or yes whatever right or after undertaker comes in and wrecks everyone and leaves so so that's all out there um so the the main ones i gotta work on first are fiend orton and um so what will probably happen is jay uso um who's the one that's currently aligned with roman will be at ringside because what good is a lackey if you don't bring him out and have him be in your corner you know, so he so will he be at in, in Roman's favor still. What? Yes. In Roman's favor still then. Okay. Yep. He he is a a um a willing and loyal lackey now, uh, but he might not be the one who interferes. I'm just setting things up with him being out there in the right. Okay. 
So, um, I I think the first interference would actually probably be the feet, um, which isn't isn't where I want to put it, but. Orton interfering. Orton's whole thing is he's going to look for an opportune time to jump in and hit an RKO on Drew to try to keep that feud going. So in terms of order, I think The Fiend tries to interfere first. Uh, So I I would say we get the match good and going. We got Jey Uso in the corner uh, hyping up Roman as they're going match goes back and forth. I mean, it, it, it'll be an entertaining match. Uh, uh, both people looking to hit their big move. The Superman punch versus the Claymore, um, or the spear or the spear. But, um, in fact, has he been using the Superman punch much now that he's a heel? That's, I don't really that's really that. a face face finisher, you know, named after Super- the big blue boy yeah. scout. So, you know, yeah, I mean, he could call it the the Bizarro punch if he decided to change it up. Yeah, or the the Homelander punch, which on a total side note, if you're listening and you're nerdy like me and you haven't watched the boys on uh, Amazon Prime yet, watch the boys on Amazon Prime. But that's not wrestling related. Uh, so we will get back to nerding out over wrestling. Um, so uh, it goes back and forth. Um we have a couple times, uh, I think they would hint at this, where the lights go out, you hear the Fiend's music, they come back on, but he's not there. Uh, putting the people in the ring on edge, they're continuing to try to to do something. And then uh, lights go out again, and they come back on, and they're not there. And then lights go out again, and they come back on, and he's in the middle of the ring in between them. Um, and at that point, they have to decide, do they temporarily team up to take out the Fiend, uh, or do they keep fighting each other? And I think I think there's no situation where uh, they temporarily team up under any real situation, you know what I mean? So I think there will be, like, hints of a team-up, but immediate betrayal by Roman. Okay. Uh, uh, but in the end, the Fiend takes out one of them, not fully, but but hits one of them with like the sister Abigail. Uh, let's say he hits Roman with the sister Abigail, uh, and then uh, McIntyre goes and tries to hit him with the claymore, but he rolls out of the ring uh, and and disappears. Not disappears, but like stands staring at him for a bit. Then lights out and then back on, and he's gone. Right um, at this point. Uh, McIntyre, seeing Roman Reigns down, decides uh, now it's time to hit Roman with the Claymore and put him away for good. Uh, So he does his whole kneeling in the corner, waiting for Roman to stand up so he can hit him with the Claymore. And at this point, we get... And if they can ever pull this off, it'll take practice, uh, but it'll it'll be so cool. Drew McIntyre goes to hit the Claymore on Roman Reigns, but out of nowhere, Randy Orton jumps in and RKO's him mid-Claymore, at which point he's down. Roman still doesn't know what's going on because he just got up from being Sister Abigail. Uh, Roman turns around, finally realizes that McIntyre's down, goes to pin McIntyre, at which point Jimmy Uso, the 
other Uso comes in and pulls him off and attempts to super kick him. At which point, Jay Uso gets into the ring and super kicks his own brother because now he's loyal to the top dog, uh, which will set up a fun feud, Us versus Us. Um, now we've we've established that Jimmy Uso's not and eliminated other tag team. Good job. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> to to paraphrase Vincent Kennedy McMahon, fuck tag teams. That's our one per show until we do a second one. Demonetized on YouTube. Uh, we'd have to be monetized first, so that's. Oh yeah. <laughs> but so, um, so now we've got both of them down in the ring. This brings uh, Miz out onto the ramp with his money in the bank, trying to decide whether this is the right time to to cash it in, because both of them are down, but neither of them are down down so he's gonna kind of stand around for a bit trying to decide if it's his time to cash it in uh during this time you know roman wasn't really hit very hard uh and so he starts to get back up miz decides to not interfere just yet but continue to be out there in case he needs to uh mcintyre starts showing some signs of life starts to get up the match kind of resumes with um roman hitting mcintyre with uh you know and then mcintyre hitting back you know and they start doing the trading punches back and forth as they build up uh steam again um i think the ending of this match because i'm not i'm not gonna bring undertaker into this although i, I as soon as i thought about it i'm like that's i think that's what they're gonna do but i'm not I think four people interfering in a match is enough of a cluster. Um, I I don't even think WCW theoretically did five. What? Theoretically, you did five. Theoretically, with both Usos being involved, but uh, anyways, um, but I don't even think WCW in their worst days did that many interferences in one match. Um. I think in the end, Jay Uso is the one who helps uh, Roman get the pin on Drew McIntyre. Because um, I, I think this is a situation where you've got two champions. Neither of them are going to lose the belt if they lose. Uh, but one of them is a heel and one of them is more or less a face. This is the time when you let the heels win with heel tactics, right? So whether this is a... Uh, Jay Uso holds down uh, Drew McIntyre's legs while the ref and doesn't see it situation. I think it's something like that. Um, Drew McIntyre is then on the ground. Uh, Miz <clears throat> starts walking towards the ring like he might cash in. Uh, Drew starts to struggle to his feet and is standing up, you know, um, but still looking very staggered. Miz starts to talk to a referee like he's going to turn in the 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 briefcase. Um, and out of nowhere, we see John Morrison show up on the other side of the ring, uh, going to try to take out McIntyre so that Miz can cash in. But as he comes into the ring, McIntyre turns around in time to Claymore Morrison, at which point Miz grabs the briefcase back and hightails it out of there. So technically, we get six interferences. Yeah, fair enough. I like it. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't like it, but no, I don't like it either. But the cards you were dealt. But but here's and the deal. It's really the cards WWE is telling us they're dealing us. Yeah. Now in reality, do I think all of these people are going to interfere? I think Miz is going to threaten to cash in because that's the whole point of having money in the bank. But I don't think a cash in is happening. Uh, I don't either. So I don't think he actually does. I don't really think the Usos interfere in any way. If they do, it'll be minor chicken shit heel uh, tactic, not actual interference. You know, it'll be one of those simple things, like I said, like holding his legs down while he tries yeah. to, or something like that. I'd even get caught doing it and get sent out. Possibly. Uh, and then uh, Orton might just to Claymore him, but that'd be about it, right? Because Orton's feud is directly with McIntyre. Yeah, it's not. Well, he does have a little bit with Roman. A little bit. But in reality, so much of it's just with McIntyre and trying to win that belt back again that he yeah. just lost. So uh, so I, I see maybe him appearing and hitting a Claymore, but maybe not. Fiend appearing. RKO. RKO, excuse me. Uh, or... Him appearing to try to hit an RKO and getting claymored. I mean, it could go either way, sort of thing, uh, depending on how strong they want to book McIntyre going into. It. Yeah, but I think uh, I think if the Fiend appears, it'll be to interfere with Roman. Yeah, I think that's the best move um, to set up maybe Roman versus Fiend at at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's the that's the tough thing is Fiend is the only one that I'm like like I don't know how he fits into it. I know they're pushing him into it they're, they've got this whole thing with him going into it right but I don't I don't see an easy way for him to appear in this in this format because while yes he he's obviously going after the uh, uh, raw title I have to call it that because my brain can't remember whether that's the WWE or the Universal anymore because they swapped and, and that's the yeah. WWE title yes um, but uh, but he does have some backstory with Roman. Roman taking the title off of him, effectively, right? Yeah. But at the same point, this is not a title match one way or another, right? It's just a champion versus champion, so him interfering doesn't have as big of an um, impact. So I almost see if they have the Fiend, it'll be post-match one way or another, right? Someone will have won. They'll be celebrating in the ring. Lights will go out, Fiend's music hits, lights come up, Fiend delivers Sister Abigail to whoever's celebrating. Well, if, if they continue, and this is one thing they have kept consistent, if they continue on the path that they've had, Fiend has no bones with um, McIntyre or, for that matter, um, The Miz. The Miz challenged him for a title, challenged Bray for the title, but lost. So there's really no bones there. He does have bones with... Uh, or, or an argument or whatever history with Orton and Roman. Mm -hmm. And that's why, I mean, I, I could see, like I said, I can see Roman winning this because it's a way they can give him a win that, that still can keep McIntyre strong. So, so if I were to be predicting, I'd predict Roman wins with sleazy heel tactics, um, keeping McIntyre looking strong. But afterwards, Fiend attacks Roman, Sister Abigail, I could see that happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see that. I also, quite frankly, think, because I was watching on Raw this week, and like you said, he had, uh, uh, The Fiend had a match with Miz. Um, 
And I think they're probably building up to a Miz versus Fiend match for the Money in the Bank briefcase. That they're going to hot potato it off Miz and onto the Fiend. Really? That's just the feeling that I got watching this week. I was like, that in sense to me than than keeping it on Miz. Like, here's what it comes down to. The the joy of the money in the bank briefcase is, is either hot shotting a mid carter up to the the top of the card, um, or at the very least, adding some some heat to a current person who needs a little bit more. And and Miz right now, at this point in his career, and I'm just gonna say this bluntly. Does either of us on this call right now seriously think Miz has a shot at holding the belt? Even he'd be with transitional. He'd be transitional disjuncture. At absolute best, he'd be transitional. But I think I think if Miz keeps the money in the bank briefcase, I think it's a failed cash-in, uh, one way or another. The only thing that they could do with Miz that would be, in my opinion, entertaining and unique would be if... They did the storyline that I've been talking about for years of someone failing to cash in at all and getting all yep. the way up to money in the bank, money in the bank next year and still having it and them saying, well, sorry, you didn't use it. So you lose it, um, which they could do with Miz uh, and write it off as uh, under the whole. I didn't I didn't win it at money in the bank. I thought I had a year from when I won it from Otis at court. Um, and I'm like, no, you had a year from Money in the Bank, and you didn't use it. So, um, so I think they could maybe do that with Miz, and that'd be a funner, funnier storyline. But I don't think they're going to. So, uh, what I think they're going to do is put it on someone who, because like I say, it, Miz holding the Money in the Bank briefcase gives us very little suspense. I just, I don't think they're going to put the title on Miz. And if they are, it's going to be transitional, but I don't even think they want to do that. So, putting the briefcase in the hands of someone who we all believe could legitimately take that belt off of whoever has it is the better way to go. So that's why I would I would do that. Yeah, I suppose. I'd rather see the Miz win transitional. I, I would rather see the Miz win. I just, at this point in his career, I do not see WWE giving him the, an actual title run. He has spent way too much time in the mid card. They haven't been building him as a potential. They don't even have him winning with heel tactics against big names, right? Like, well, he, I mean, barring recent world title stuff for Roman. If I remember right, the last person to take one of the last people to take a title off of Roman was the Miz. He took the IC title off of him. But it wasn't a main it wasn't a main event title. It wasn't a top card title. It's a mid card title. And that's my point. They haven't been building him up as a main eventer. They've been building him up as a mid carder at best. Um and you look at the ones that they've used money in the bank to hot shot up to the top. They win the money in the bank, and then they get to spend the next few months basking in the glory and suddenly being a contender on the main event. Um, and in fairness, they did do basking in the glory. Oh, bask in his glory. I'm still angry. They changed his theme song, but that's beside the point. <sighs> I know the reason it's because it was a CFO's theme song and they don't have the rights to them anymore. 
so they're trying to transition away from them as fast as possible. It's still, his old theme song was way better. For he is limitless. Anyways. Um, so that's why I just, I don't think there's the suspense of Miz holding it. And I think if we put it in the hands of someone else, aka the Fiend, there is at least some suspense around could the Fiend actually, especially with the Fiend's suddenly appearing in the ring gimmick like tell me that's not a gimmick perfectly made for that's true money in the bank holder right end of a match uh lights go lights go out lights come back on he's there sister abigail he wins yeah i get get it now do it again i don't want the fiend but you and i have talked before about how we don't want the fiend involved in the main event title picture I, I don't want him consistently involved in it. It's fine if he is. I want him involved in main event matches, but they do not have to be about the title. That's my point. Yeah, it seems silly to have a guy who's there to protect Bray's persona from when he was a child. You know, the the, the, the monster's um, existence stems from that, right? Well, if that's where the monster's existence stems from, then it seems silly to have that monster worried about, how can I get my little baby the title? Yeah. Y- These titles that validate me as a human being. Yes. Yeah. Instead of as a monster with yellow eyes. Yes. And for some reason or other, still a connection with Alexa Bliss that has still been unexplained. Well, and that's good. It's good that the connection's not explained yet because that gives us more time to really question it. I mean, that's long-term story booking. It gives us more. It gives them more time to figure out a reason because I know for a fact they don't have a reason right now. I I I think that maybe they're gonna go with her controlling him in the long run. I really think that that's a possibility. If they were smart, that'd be the way they'd do it. But And and this could all be a ploy to gain control. I like the idea of her having had control the whole time, but this is a ploy to gain control is not a bad move either. But That's just my thoughts. That being know. said, it was really fun to watch her come out of nowhere and take John Morrison out on Raw this week. The crossbody block across, over the barricades into the... <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because she's... <laughs> in Vince's mind, that's allowed because she derives her power from a man. Yeah. It also uh, was in his mind because, well, she didn't actually hit him and he didn't hit her. It was just like they collided and it all happened off screen. Yeah. So that's believable. Yeah. From the 87 pound stick of dynamite. No, not John Morrison. He's heavier than 87 pounds. His ego alone weighs 87 pounds. <laughs> that's what I love about him. Golly, I wish they'd push him. Yeah, that that's the deal is of those two, Miz and Morrison, the person who should be the money in the bank holder right now is Morrison. I think maybe that that's what they'll do with it, though. I think maybe they'll have the Miz win, and Morrison will immediately turn on him, thus giving us his first feud for a title. And then they'll mess that up and have the Miz win, which it should be Morrison. I mean, WWE had no better run recently than the Kofi run, and you can do that all over again with Morrison. 
all that and and less complaints about believability because I don't think anyone looks at John Morrison and doesn't believe that he could be the heavyweight title holder. You know, he's Don't been stack. the top dog at multiple different companies. Um, yeah. yeah, 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 yep, yep. We're in agreement there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the deal. It's, I mean. Here's just a bonus challenge uh, for both of us, just kind of on this same path. Book John um, Morrison's title run? Well, not necessarily book John Morrison, but we'll take a step back from believability right now and and what could happen. Put the two top titles, WWE and Universal title, on whoever you think they should uh, give a run at it. Not who you think they would, but who you think they should. Okay. Because I guarantee you that both of our choices for both of them are not going to be the ones that are in the title picture right now. No, not at all. Um, so on Raw, I, I would love to see Retribution actually matter. And I think I think putting it on Ali provides a dimension to... Um, I think it's a short-term, short-lived thing. I think, like, put it on Ali at <sighs> Royal Rumble, maybe? and have it come back off of him at Elimination Chamber two pay-per-views later. Um, but I love the idea of the little guy being, because we haven't seen um, Drew versus a little guy. And so that could be his weakness that he has to learn to overcome. And he gets the title back at at, uh, at uh, Elimination Chamber. And so then he gets his Royal Rumble match or his WrestleMania match against whomever or whoever you want to do that with. But having Ali take the title off of, off of, um, drew at, on his second title run just says there's a weakness here that can be exploited if you have four other people at ringside <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and all he does i mean that that backstabber from the top rope is incredible and it would be really easy to have t-bar and um you know uh the left eye and chili yeah all slap nuts, slap nuts uh, all kind of get Roman or get uh, get Drew to to stand on the second rope, trying to to you know get at him or something, and he gets up there and boom, hits that second rope bad bat or that top rope backstabber, that elevated backstabber, and immediately gets that one two three. I think that would be incredible. And it gives you the, okay, so Roman's weakness is distraction and little guys who have a lot of endurance. You can, or not Roman, uh, Drew. Um, and it gives you, that gives you a little guy heel run, which we've seen works with Daniel Bryan, especially with a group around him that works fine. So there's nothing wrong with that setup. And what ends up happening in the long run is you get this this run that that is you know lends legitimacy immediately to retribution because of the group facet not because the retribution not because of any individual um and it immediately lends legitimacy again to the hurt business automatically because of that and it doesn't really hurt drew that bad because again there's a large group of people that are involved Mm -hmm. there and i think that's a i think that's a big win 
I don't know. I just think that's a good good win for the organization as a whole. So before we move on to SmackDown, I'll give my answer. And and I kind of have two, right? My real answer is Ricochet. Um, for many of the same reasons uh, of, of what you're saying. A little guy showing he that. Have, he doesn't have... I think Roman's... Or having Drew's weakness be that, that's fine. Um, he doesn't have a click, though. So yeah. I, I kind of want to hear more. Well, he did... Uh, until they took Cedric out of it and moved him to Hurt Business. Okay. Uh, he And when they took Mustafa Ali out of it and moved him to, to Retribution. Because it was Apollo, uh, Ricochet, Cedric, and Mustafa Ali were the good guy click there. Okay. Um, but he still has Apollo, who's been uh, MIA. Um, but that's heel tactics and ricochet. I, I guess I now give me one second ahead. though because I gotta check. Because uh, last time I saw Apollo, Apollo's apparently been moved to SmackDown. Okay, so they can't have that. But still, just from the standpoint of the little guy. Um, okay, I I still think you can make speed and agility be be uh, a chink in Drew McIntyre's armor. Um, you can also use. Uh, unbeknownst heel tactic. Use Randy Orton in the storyline where <clears throat> Drew McIntyre looks like he's he's uh, got it in, in hand. Uh, Ricochet rolls to the outside while the referee's looking at the outside for Ricochet. Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton shows up and RKO's Drew McIntyre. Ricochet doesn't even see it. Gets back in the ring, just sees Drew McIntyre down. Is able to hit the uh, six thirty or whatever it is. Yeah, and and five, and get to think, maybe five forty, whatever it is. Yeah. Six six thirty would end up on his back. No, would end up on his front. He ends up on his back five thirty. Anyways, whatever it is, um, it's moot. It's because it, they're not going to do it. They we we know for a fact that for both of our scenarios, that Vince McMahon's not going to do it, which is a shame because thirty years ago. Vince McMahon had no problem with the idea of a smaller guy beating a huge guy uh, for a big pop. And I'm going to say the smaller guy, who's not small by any modern means, but compared to the big guy, was small, was Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan being able to beat the giant, huge, you know. Uh, Hulk Hulk Hogan beating Yokozuna was huge. Little guy beats big guy. Those are storylines they used to tell. They just don't seem to tell them very Hogan often. Hogan versus y- Yoko was a garbage win. Yeah. Don't give me that. No, but it still was huge in terms of storyline. That's going to be a box long. That's how bad that was, that story. It still was huge, and it was still considered to this day an iconic win, whether you liked it or not. Ugh. Still considered iconic. But that's my point. So that that's who my my first choice is. My second choice follows the heel tactics more, but it come and it comes from the same group. But it's not Mustafa getting the win. It's T-Bar. I, it's it's uh, yeah T Bar. Dijakovic. Uh, Dijakovic. Um, if only because of the people in. Like I'm not trying to give Shane Thorne any crap. I I think Shane Thorne's a fine wrestler. Um, Slap Nuts is a stupid name. Uh, it's not Slap Slapjack. Nuts. Um, But regardless, it's still a stupid name. Um, But he's not an established, like, we don't know him from NXT in any way, shape, or form. The same with Mace. Um, We know him more 
from his time as an announcer on Raw than actually as a wrestler. But we know that Christopher Dijak, Donovan Dijak, Donovan Dijakovic, whatever name you want to put him under, we know that he can fucking go, right? Yeah. Uh, And deliver some great matches. And as a heel, you can then have and introduce the audience as a whole because we know that a large section of Monday Night Raw viewers do not also watch NXT, right? We know just from a rating standpoint. Monday Night Raw gets one and a half million to two million viewers. NXT gets somewhere around 700,000, right? So there's about 700,000 to one and a quarter million people who watch on Raw who don't watch on NXT. We just know that. So that's a lot of people who have not seen what Dijakovic can do. Um, and they especially have not seen what Dijakovic can do in a ring with Keith Lee. Ooh. Which gives you an immediate feud to elevate two NXT stars. NXT stars on the main roster. Both of them fit the Vince McMahon mold of big guys. Both of them can go better than big guys of their size should legally be allowed to. Um... The other so. thing that you can tell with that in in that particular story is that this is an organization this this group retribution is a group that is willing to work together. If you don't have an upset Mustafa Ali who's the quote unquote leader, he's just trying to right the wrongs. Well then he writes a wrong there and has Dijak do it. Mhm. Even more than that, it simply comes down to you can be the leader of an organization and not be the champion for that group. You can uh, the leader can be the shot caller, the coach, for lack of a better term. And so you can set Mustafa Ali up as the brain of the the group who engineered the T-bar win, you know, uh, without it shortening him in any way, shape, or form, and elevating everyone. So that's that's where I would go for that particular title. But let's move to SmackDown. SmackDown might be a little tougher, but I still think there's some people on SmackDown that you and I would both agree should be title holder, main event title holders, and WWE probably won't put it on. Yeah. I'm going to let you go first on this one. Okay. So um, the one for SmackDown that jumps out at me the most right now uh, in terms of puts on great matches, um, and I say great matches, uh, and has everything it is, but is kind of limited right now to mid-carter, um, and that's Murphy. I think Murphy truly has been WWE's best-kept secret for the last two years. Even though he's been involved in main event storylines, he himself has not been main eventing. Doesn't um, he hold the most recent win over Rowan? Um, I would have to check. I mean, that's a reasonable thing to think, is this guy has the most recent win. He will go to cage match, Roman Reigns. Cage match is such a great website. Okay, matches. Um, That's a win, that's a win, that's a win. There's a whole lot of wins on this thing. Okay, I just got to make sure I didn't overlook one, because, I mean, Roman was gone for a chunk of time. Yeah. So... Um, not counting, not counting the Royal Rumble. That doesn't count because it's a schmaz and only one person. Yep. So. Um, uh, 
King Corbin beat Roman Reigns at TLC last year. Okay. I think that is the most recent. Well, let's do it this way. Uh, what's nice is you can actually... Uh, according to this, Roman Reigns and Buddy Murphy have only fought once, and it was uh, August 13th of last year and Roman Reigns won. So. Oh, maybe, maybe Buddy just put on a really good match. Yeah, or maybe it was a, a, not a match, but a, but a something run in or something. Anyways, um, but no, I just think Buddy Murphy, Buddy Murphy, Murphy is uh, so talented and really worth putting some some effort into. And while yes, he's been involved in a main event storyline through Roman Reigns, he hasn't been main eventing. Right? It's been Roman Reigns and it's been Dominic and and Rey Mysterio. Uh, with him as just kind of a pawn in. So that's my my real answer for it. Um, my side answer is Big E. And the only reason I put that as the side answer, secondary answer, is because I do think that actually might happen. I think they yeah. separated the, the New Day mostly because they want to put Big E in, in a main event feud title picture soonish. Um, but So if I was going to choose... Oh man, it's really tough not to say Sami Zayn. It's really tough not to say Sami Zayn and and or Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens has held the Universal Title. Um, I we've treated it for so long as though it's a foregone conclusion that he'll get it again. And so I, I really like those two options. The one I want, I, I like both of those because I. I I think they're they're reasonable. I think it's it's. I'd love to see that whole intercontinental champion taking on the uh, world champion that we've seen so many times actually result in the intercontinental champion becoming the world champion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that works with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn's character is the type of guy who could be like, ah, I'm the intercontinental champion. I could win the world championship. So I do think that that works. Um, and and it doesn't take much to storyline build that. Um, and it just cuts off Roman um, and allows you know allows for a feud with the Usos when both of them are back um, for him for them to go Us, what happened you know what what I thought you were a leader I thought I thought we knew that you were the best you know and so you don't have to have Roman go back after the title which is the big plus there um, and I think that story is easier to build and get away from the the current champion. Um, not that I don't enjoy Roman as a heel. I do, and, I, and he can hold the title for a while. I just think, you know, the Raw after WrestleMania type setup for Sami Zayn works really, really well there. Um, or, or right after Royal Rumble or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can have Sami Zayn feud with... Kevin Owens, you can have a feud with Shinsuke, you can have a feud with lots of people. Um, my heart, though though my mind would love both of those, my heart goes to Shinsuke. Um, however, I think that has to be a, a Money in the Bank uh, to build a quick storyline. Um, Money in the Bank or um, I don't want to see him win the Royal Rumble again and have a nutshot feud again that just sucked. Um, but I, I I would love to see Shinsuke as the world champion, as the universal champion. I think it's I think it sells. I think it's great. I think uh, 
I think Cesaro coming out as an enforcer with him works great. I don't think you have to break up the tag team by having that particular wrestler. Um, I think that you can have the we're respectful tag team and I'm going to give him a title shot. And and you could even have Cesaro win and they're still friends. Um, you know, type well, that, I mean, that's, I know that's worth, crazy to think. Yeah, that's worth repeating for the people in the, the cheap seats. But you do not have to break up a tag team to have one of them have a singles run, right? Yeah, it's crazy how that that works. Because um, they talk about to. it. I mean, like on Miz and Morrison, it, it's more natural to have them break up. Well, yeah, especially if you have it be part of the storyline. But but you don't have to, like you said, Shinsuke and and Cesaro. That doesn't have to break up. Um, if you had one of the Usos go after it, you don't have to break up the Usos. Um, same storyline goes for uh, AEW. Right, there are a lot of people talking about: Are they going to break up the Young Bucks so that Matt can go after the title or whatever? You do not have to break up the tag team to have someone go after a title, right? Correct. It just doesn't have to happen. That's that's modern storytelling thinking, but that's not the way it has been historically, right? People, as part of tag teams, have gone after singles titles and stayed part of the tag team often over the years. What? Yeah. Um, and even more than that, people as part of factions have gone after the titles and not broken up the faction. I mean, yeah. simple fact is, uh, Hulk Hogan was the world champion and a member of NWO for a very long period of time without it ever breaking up that faction. Um, yeah, but nobody went after Hogan in that faction until it broke up. Mm-hmm. So I think a better example of that particular thing the story that you're telling is Hulk Hogan was the other guy in the Twin Powers or the the was it Twin Powers? Mega Powers. Mega Powers while Macho Man held the world title and didn't take the world title off of Macho Man and the Mega Powers were still together. Well, that's because he wanted Miss Elizabeth. True. Three-year storyline build. Fantastic build. Anyway. So and I, I, let's be honest. Who didn't want Miss Elizabeth at that point? I'm just saying. He doesn't still want Miss Elizabeth. I mean, not now, but. I mean, yeah. If were she still alive and, you know. Yeah. That wasn't that wasn't supposed to be a tr- too soon thing. That was just a, she was a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. And a sweetheart, apparently, in real life. Yep. So, um, yeah, I think that that's, I think there's good build there with Shinsuke in other storylines. And I, that's what I like about it. So my heart wants Shinsuke, my brain says Sammy, um, both of which would be fantastic. Both of which can pull Roman into a different feud. Um, there's something to be said for your top dogs not having to be in that damn title feud all the time. I, the face of the company, Seth is doing fine with the exception of the fact that it's against Dominic Mysterio. Um, Seth is doing fine without having to be in a title feud all the time. And Seth is probably kind of a face of the company kind of guy. I do wonder, though, and this is a side note, do you think that Seth has not had a title run since Becky got pregnant as a punishment to Seth? As a punishment? Wrap it up. Yeah, as a punishment, no. As a consequence, sort of yes. Um, we know you're going to take time off soon, so. Yeah, I think that's really more. It's not like you got her pregnant and so now we're going to punish you. 
it's more a we know you're going to take some time off to uh, have a kid with our other top star in the women's division. So we don't want to invest a bunch of time putting a title on you uh, just to then have to come up with a reason to take it off you for you to take a bunch of time off. So like I say, not a punishment per se, but I think it's related. I do. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Now, I... now on the same vein, SmackDown was actually harder for me than Raw was. There's a lot more people on SmackDown because just looking at this list, I also think Aleister Black deserves a run with the title. Uh, I also think if you give Apollo Crews... I thought you were implying a lot harder because there's not as many, and I was like, there's dozens. No, a lot harder because there are so many of them. Because I also think Aleister Black... I think Apollo Crews has all of the skills to be a heavyweight champion. They just need to stop pigeonholing him into smiley black guy storyline, you know? Um, Yeah. I think Chad Gable has all of the skills to be it, uh, but he's been pigeonholed into Shorty G. Um, You know, it's the greatest gimmick turn of all time. I really, uh, I hate saying this. Well, is Corbin still on SmackDown? Yes. He was going to be next on my list. Corbin's a great fit. Corbin is a fantastic heel. Whether people want to admit it or not, they're like, ah, I hate him. I don't think he's good at anything. That's exactly why he's a great heel. I don't think he's ever had... I think he's had go-away heat. I don't think he does now. I think his storylines that Vince has written him have had go-away heat. But when well, that's, he was, that's uh, an important when he was chancellor or What was it? Um, a constable. Constable Corbin? That was so good. Oh, my gosh. And, that, and that's so easy to hate. That's why it's, it's an important distinction to make when talking about go-away heat. There's go-away heat that's deserved based on the wrestler, and there's go-away heat that's not deserved based on the storyline, right? For instance, I would argue that uh, Bobby Lashley had go-away heat during the storyline with Lana. It wasn't because, because it wasn't because of Bobby Lashley. It was because of the storyline, and I think that for a lot of the time with uh, Corbin has been storyline. He, that he's got go-away heat, but it's because the storyline was written bad. Um, I would also argue that we gave Ronda Rousey go-away heat because of Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying everybody did, because apparently she's still somebody fans want to see for God knows why. Because they like watching people get injured? Or Nia Jax. That's another... Tamina. I could do without ever seeing another Tamina match. I could as well, yeah. They have go away heat. Now, I, I do have to say, uh, right now, Nia Jax has grown on me, um, if only because we're up to nine times she's put Lana through a table. <laughs> and Fair enough. And no injuries yet to Lana. Yeah. Well, it's because the tables are soft. Well, and, and if you, <laughs> how do you mess up a Samoan drop? Well, that's the deal. Is the vast majority of that bump is actually taken by Nia. Yeah. Yeah, so, but, but uh, I think that uh, in terms of male wrestlers, Dominic right now, for the most part, I have yet to meet a fan who goes, yeah, that's the guy. Mm. He, has, he has some pretty solid go-away heat for Dominic. Really what he has is go away and learn heat. Yeah. One, we've said before, part of Dominic's problem is he's wrestling in a Rey Mysterio style and he's not Rey Mysterio size. Correct. And... He's he much to... closer in size to his dad. Yeah, his real dad. 
Eddie Guerrero. Yes. I find it we, hilarious that the kid that they fought for is now I, a wrestler. I do too. If, if you could only have booked that better all these years. Yeah. But anyways, so that that's our bonus book it. Um and I think I think both of us had some very good answers cuz I'm I'm with you on on Nakamura. Um I think Nakamura deserves a run with the with the world title or the universal title, whichever one. Um and I think he proved it down in NXT and I think he's proved it in New Japan that he can be the title holder. He can be the man. I think he's proved it on WWE. I think in in his feud with AJ, most people were like, "Yes." Give me this guy. The first time, the very first time he said no speak English, I was like, done, make him the champion. Now, greatest line in recent memory. So good. Unfortunately, we we know where WWE is going to go, and it's going to include pushing Lars Sullivan up to the top, and it's going to be choosing jackson Riker, big guy and it's gonna be you know mojo raleigh getting a shot you know the other one that that i was gonna mention and and i'm gonna explain why i didn't mention it i know there's lots of people who want claudio or cesaro or however you want to say his name to be the man i i'm not entirely there I'd like to see a really good singles run with him talking, but if he's gonna, if it's gonna be Cesaro, it has to be a Big Show esque turn with Paul Heyman. And I know we've done Cesaro and Paul Heyman before, but I'd like a, I'd like it done well this time. No, um, I, I, I'm, I'm with you with Cesaro from this standpoint. He's not, he's not ready for the mics, and unless you give him a manager speaker um he's not I think ready you to... also need a better move set and so for everything that baron corbin has in terms of the move set two of the best finishers in the game is what is what you say um the new the neuralizer or neutralizer neuralizer i think neuralizer yeah, it's dumb and the cesaro swing do nothing for me yep. in any way, shape, or form. And him overacting the neuralizer really irritates me. The neuralizer. Yes, I know it's difficult to hold a guy by one leg. I just can't get on with it. it the neuralizer it, is up there with the package pile driver for me. Standpoint that I think he would be better served doing the the Ultimate Warriors um, gorilla press drop. Yeah. I really. I mean, we haven't seen a good gorilla press drop thing be the thing for a guy in a long, long time. And I think he could do that. And he's tall enough and he's got, he's known as pound for pound, the strongest guy in professional wrestling. I think you have him do it. And it, it gives all the showmanship. We've seen he can be a good heel. We just haven't seen him be, the, the moveset sucks. Yep. Or, I watch his or, matches and I love everything until the end. Yeah, or even just something like a, a, a stalling vertical suplex where he shows yeah. off his strength by, by holding the person up for a long period of time and then suplex or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, or a double version of that. So so we see so frequently the, the multiple suplexes, the multiple Germans. He's got the athleticism to roll through take the guy back up to another stalling suplex, you know, and, and then you can have the Cesaro swing be the setup for that. That's okay. Because then they're dizzy. And yeah. the Cesaro swing is a setup move at best. 
Yeah. And they treat it like it's a, a finisher. And it goes on forever. Forever. Just yeah. give him two rounds in the ring and that's it. Now well, all the blood's in the guy's head. He stands up. And then, then it's about he's smart enough. Cesaro is smart enough to understand that if you can disorient somebody several times in a row, they're not going to kick out. Or or I don't know. Blood to their head, blood to their head, blood to their head. Or I don't know. You have the Cesaro swing end with some sort of impact. You know what I mean? What do you mean by that? No. Swing, 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 and then step over and hit them onto the ring post, or, or, yeah, or, or a slam. You know, swing them around, or at least then... just not slow down, just let them go. <laughs> yeah, something. But right now, it's swing, 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 and then gently lower them to the ground. And he does do the sharpshooter, so maybe we let him do the sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. Be so the yeah. best sharpshooter in WWE right now. Swing, swing them around. Drop him to the ground straight into a sharpshooter. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Something. Just the moveset and just eliminate the neuralizer. It just or, it looks like you're doing a poor man's um, styles clash. And I don't like the styles clash. And it's dangerous. And then it's not cool. Yeah. Or, the or only here, thing here's the about the styles clash is that it's difficult to do. So so here's a, here's a twist. Um, instead of the sharpshooter... Have them do a Texas cloverleaf, but have them put some sort of spin and, and you call it the Swiss cloverleaf. Ooh. G- creates a feud with his buddy Seamus. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Anywho's, we or will move on. The Swiss, it, it, I really do think with him, though, it's it's the moveset, man. He's great until the end, and you're just like, that's how it's going to end, huh? With him raising up his arms really wide and grabbing the guy in the crotch and laying down on him. Yeah. Just making sure. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think I think some sort of a throw would be a better finisher for him. Whether we're talking a suplex, um, you know, a heck, have him take a page from Kenny Omega's and do a Snapdragon. Uh, Hell, they've never had anybody do the one-winged angel. Mm-hmm. Have him steal it. It's not like they'd be the first or last time they stole a move. Yep. Steal the one-winged angel. Have him do and the F five. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, what's wrong with if we cre- if we continue to create unique moves, they either look lame or they're so over the top that they're insanely dangerous. It's okay to go ahead and just be like, you know, like our truth just stole the the fu. Mm-hmm. That that's why I I think a suplex or a throw of some sort would be so good. Angle slam. Mm-hmm. You could even have Kurt Angle come out and be like, you know, you might be Swiss. But you're American in my heart. You can use my move. You can even have that little tribute type thing. Okay, or, cool. Or, or here's here's the deal. You could do something like the angle slam, but go the other direction. You know, the angle slam slam goes in the direction of the victim's head. So you pick him up and you swing over and you go down. Right? Have it go the other direction. Pick him up and swing him down on the other direction. Yeah, so they still have one arm. They still have one arm free to protect their head, so that's fine. Yeah. yeah. It's it's effectively the same move. It just goes in the other direction and it looks different enough. Anyway. Yeah, the Swiss slam or the, the Swiss army slam or mm-hmm. there's just something better than the neuralizer. It just sucks. <laughs> or have him do the Steiner screwdriver. I mean, I know it's basically what Brian Cage does, but Brian Cage doesn't have a patent on it. So have him do the uh, Frankensteiner from the top rope. Yeah, I bet he could. I'm sure he could. I like this. Have you ever actually watched Scott Steiner do the Steiner, Steiner screwdriver? I think it's, so. 
it's absolutely horrifying because it's partially because it's Scott Steiner and I know he never hurt anyone doing it, but it's up into a stalling vertical suplex. And then instead of falling backwards, he drops the person and then catches him into a uh, uh, pile driver. So there's a moment in the middle Ooh. of the Steiner screwdriver where the person is straight on their head. Yeah. When the person is being dropped. Yeah. I don't think I want that one. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say no. Um, but you know, uh, so so something that's never been done, that I've never seen done up into the surf, suplex, and rather than going backwards, have them come down just like the sit out power bomb, only with their face into the ground, and you sit out to do it. So then suddenly it's more dangerous or whatever. Or, or there's are, a guy are, who used this one move that I that I don't recall anybody ever else ever using that. Cesaro looks a little bit like him, has the strength that this guy has. Little guy by the name of Goldberg. Let's do no spear and a jackhammer. <laughs> I'd be okay with it. Well, the, the, the X-Plex. Have you ever seen the X-Plex? Huh. So the X-Plex, the big thing with the X-Plex is it's, it's like a, a vertical suplex, but instead of actually, uh, like, falling backwards... You just kind of let the guy drop to your side. That's a move that that for a big guy like like Cesaro could look really good. Up into the suplex, and then you just push the guy's head forward, and he falls down to the side of you. Some people actually throw him kind of a little bit for them, so they still land in a back bump like a suplex, but they're in free fall for a bit of it, and the person doing it doesn't fall with... Uh, yeah, that, that'd uh, be fine. It looks vicious. It looks mean. It's safe. You know, any of those are great moves. Um, there's, a, there's a plethora of moves that haven't been used in years. The Scorpion Death Drop hasn't been used in years. Sting was amazing with it. In fact, it was... It was Sting's version of Stone Cold, of the Stone Cold Stunner. It was out of nowhere. I got you now. Boom, drop down. In that same fold, that same formation, that same setup, you could immediately, if you wanted to, if instead of that, you wanted to do a Dragon Sleeper. When was the last time you saw a Dragon Sleeper? A long time ago, and <laughs> way too long ago, because the Dragon Sleeper is awesome. It's a sweet submission move, man. It's believable and it's entirely safe. Yep. Absolutely okay with that. Why are we making stupid moves to make them look like they have impact? You know, whatever. I I just there's that's I really feel like that's the mistake with Cesaro is we just don't have a move set that that you can say that's a world champion move set. Well, and we could keep talking on this. I think we need to someday set aside a time to do an entire episode just like the list of stupid wrestling moves where we will get JLB in on it so we can all talk about and put together our definitive list of dumb wrestling signature moves. Um because I think we can, have, and they can be dumb because they're unsafe, and they can be dumb because they're they look stupid, mm-hmm. and they can be dumb because they don't look like they hurt at all. I the other thing I, I'd like to see on your ricochet guy setup the double the double moon salt that he used to do. Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. But like I said, is is on the SmackDown roster. There's there's a bunch of people that I think should be in the title uh, title contendership and are not. They just don't for whatever reason. Um, and some of them have held titles and some of them have not. Mm-hmm. 
And we've named several on both sides. But, but on that note, let's go ahead and move on to our fun game section of Ring of uh, Honor, AEW, or Impact. So this, the rules are simple. I'm going to give a list of three currently WWE wrestlers that he'll need to relocate to a different company, one of the three mentioned, and then he will do the same too. So the first round, the choices are... Um, I think this is going to be fun because they're, I think, people that we both like, just in general. Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, and Shotzi Blackheart. Um, <laughs> so at AEW, um, we uh, frequently bring up the fact that there's not a lot of color in the men's division. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say there's not a lot of white girls <laughs> in the women's division because there's not. They're mostly Asian. Um, no, I, I, I think Rhea Ripley is the is the most marketable of those, and I know you like Shotzi. Um, I think Rhea is the most marketable of those. Um, I think Rhea is the one that I take to to AEW, um, not because she's the only white girl. Um, I think. Um, I think Impact is willing... Well, we know Impact is willing to put the title on a woman. um, And EO in an X Division title, or EO with the world title, um, not even just the women's division. EO is really good. And Rhea could pull that off too, but I think think there's just... You imagine EO in an X Division title run? That'd be a lot of fun. and contrary to what you believe, I don't think Shotzi's quite there yet. I like her a lot. Um, back when we used to do reviews of the individual shows, um, I had said one particular thing about her that I think has improved, but it's still something that needs work. Um, Shotzi's offensive moves are approached with fear. She doesn't want to hurt the other person. And I think ROH could be very good for Shotzi to learn that in a television-based company, you have to trust your your opponent to be in position to take your shot. And I think that would be a good move for Shotzi. I just don't think she's a I don't think she's a championship caliber woman yet. I really don't. Mostly because of her timing. I've silenced you. You're angry. No, no, I am absolutely not angry. I'm just waiting for you to get done so that I can say something that um, you probably would be surprised to hear me say. I 100% agree with your choices and your picks and your reasoning. Every single one of them. Um, And and in reality, I'm exactly there with Shotzi as well. I like Shotzi Blackheart, but... Um, I I don't think she's she's ready for the the prime time. She is by far one of the most marketable wrestlers yeah. in NXT, and that's one hundred percent why she's getting the limelight that she is now. But as you watch wrestling, if you've watched wrestling for as long as you and I have, uh, you start to notice things that the casual fan might not, and one of them is footwork. You can tell a lot about a wrestler's capabilities. Uh, by their footwork in the ring. And I'm not by any means an expert. Um, But, you know, if you're a football fan, uh, I'm going to speak to any football fan out here. Sure, Um, linemen. Yeah, linemen um, are big on foot, but even quarterbacks are a big thing. And you watch any top-level quarterback versus the new, the rookie uh, straight out of Fresno State. Um, and, And they will talk about happy feet. They'll say, look at that. The the quarterback's got happy feet. 
we know he's not planting his feet right. He he's not, you know, going through all this stuff. If you're a, a defensive lineman and you see a quarterback with happy feet, it's like blood in the water, right? Um yeah. because you don't even really have to give him pressure, he'll flush out of the box. box. Yeah. Yeah, because he gets, be- love it. Yeah. Because you just know that they're and even if you don't get to them in time to do anything, they're not going to be able to complete the passes that they want to because they can't properly set their feet because their footwork is so poor. It's the same thing I see with Shotzi Blackheart. And 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 it's she's at the level now where the game speeds up, right? Yeah. And and when it speeds up, you know, when she was on the indies wrestling against other people of her level, the game slowed down to the point that she could she could keep up with it. But when the game speeds up, your brain has to speed up with it. And you can tell that she's thinking so much about her moves. And because of that, her feet are are never in the position they need to be right at the time they need to. So she's always adjusting her feet so that she can do something. Yeah, I, um, I think I think what you see and it's only when she's on offense. When it's an offensive maneuver, if it's a if it's a defensive maneuver, she's set. She's ready. She's ready to take the bump. She bumps like a pro. I think she bumps like a pro. I still think her footwork is off in those situations. But it's okay. it's beside the point. Is that you you just watch her, and you can tell uh, when a wrestler is ready for the big leagues by their footwork. And I'm not. I don't want to be just entirely bashing on her because it's not just her it's not just a a women's wrestling problem you can look at wrestlers just in general and the ones that you know are not ready for prime time are the ones that that don't have the good footwork yep and and a, a perfect example on the main roster is lana lana's footwork is horrible and it's part of why none of us can buy her as a contender is because as much as she's tried to to get there with the her skill set she still has the happy feet her footwork is horrible and it's just gonna bring it out now and uh wwe is not the only one with it in aew i'm gonna get some heat from some aew fans but brandy rhodes has horrible footwork horrible i would agree with that and you know if an aew guy who covered it in the indies now he's better he's very good now but you can see that a little bit if if you go back and you watch Orange Cassidy versus Kylie Ray, which is one of the most fun matches in history. Dear God, somebody challenge us to do that on Botch Along, and I will find you a botch. But otherwise, it is so much fun to watch. So much fun to watch. Um, in that match, both of them are obviously indie indie circuit people. Um, who their footwork is not what it is now. It's, well, Orange Cassidy, again, obviously Kylie Ray's isn't at all right now because she's not wrestling anymore. But um, the that's a really good match to give you an idea. If you watch Orange Cassidy then and you watch Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho, you do see very different footwork. So I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. And he hit, and he had a gimmick that allowed him to hide the poor footwork, but it's still there. Yep. And, and we see it on a regular with AEW um, because AEW airs its dark matches. Uh, yeah. And right now WWE is not having dark matches because they don't have 
fans in attendance, why even bother having dark? The only matches WWE puts on right now are matches for TV, right? Yes, they, they do have what we would call dark matches during Raw or after Raw, but those are being recorded for shows like Main Event, right? Um, they're not really a dark match. Uh, but AEW has their dark matches. They record them and they put them out every week on AEW Dark. And on AEW Dark, they bring in a lot of indie people for tryouts. And you can see on these indie people, when they go up against veterans like Christopher Daniels, I know you're not a huge Christopher Daniels fan, but his footwork is impeccable because he's been yeah. doing it for 25 years. I don't know if it's 25. I threw that number out of there. It's a long time, at least 20 years. Um, because I remember him in WCW. That's why I know that. Uh, but uh, but his footwork is just phenomenal. The the top level guys in both companies, top level people just in general in both companies, tend to have really good footwork. Um, but then you see some of these new guys, these younger guys who haven't been doing it as long, and you see varying levels of footwork. And you see a lot of it on dark because these people get brought in and and yes i'm i'm gonna give them a little bit of a pass because they're they're independent wrestler guys who suddenly are on television and that's a lot of pressure and that's a lot of uh jitters and and nervousness i was a person who used to perform not as wrestler but as as an actor in stage plays around around the area um and and there's a big difference between performing a stage play um with you know 50 people that are mostly friends and family members in the audience and the governor of your state in the audience you know uh the the butterflies go up and 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 the pressure's on more and that's not even televised so i get it there's a lot of pressure on these people these indie people suddenly being on television but my point is as a fan who's been watching it for a long time and I'm by no means Dave Meltzer level of, you know, but you can tell the footwork of the people who are ready for prime time and the people who need a little bit more time cooking. And and Shotzi needs a little bit more time cooking. So in yeah. this situation, Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, and Shotzi Blackheart, I would probably do the exact same orders uh, for basically the same reasons. Rhea Ripley going to AEW, because uh, the last thing AEW needs right now is another Asian wrestler um, in their women's division, and that's that's not disparaging them. I'm I'm all for. I love Io Shirai. She's one of my favorite wrestlers. But when you've got Riho and uh, uh, Hikaru Shida and um, uh, Emi Sakura, Emi Sakura, yeah, you know, I mean, we could keep going because there's uh, at, um, uh, Yuka Sakazaki. You know, that yeah. there, there's a lot of that uh, stardom J- Japanese Joshi wrestling already in AEW. We don't need another one right now. A Rhea Ripley in AEW makes a whole lot of sense to come in. She's a big power. She can compete with some of their other big powerhouses. She can put on a match against uh, Nyla Rose that no one would uh, go into that thinking that she has no oh, chance. Right? Yeah. Oh, this is just yeah. showy. This is this is uh, this is pushing my suspension of disbelief too much. Um, they would legitimately think she has a shot one way or another. So. Um, and then Io Shirai could have a whole lot of fun in Impact Wrestling. Um, 
you know, with all the people that are there, you know. And so uh, Shotzi needs a little bit more time to bake. And of those three, the place to get the time to bake is Ring of Honor. Um, in reality, if if we weren't playing by the rules of this, it would be uh, Rhea to AEW, Io Shirai to, to Impact, and Shotzi Blackheart continues to stay in NXT and, and learn in a developmental sense. Yeah. But that's not the rules of this game. It definitely is not. So let's so, move on to what your challenge is to me. Whew. People were going to have to move. Well, um, we spent so much time talking about Claudio Castanelli um, that I think I got to include him. Um, we spent a good amount of time. I, I think I'm just going to go back to our, our one from each of our questions. So we're going to talk Cesaro. We're going to talk... Um, I'm interested what you would do with this. So Randy Orton, um, and I'm trying to remember what your challenge was to me at the very beginning. Oh, I had to do the turkey match. Yes. And so we're going to talk Matt Riddle, Cesaro, Orton, and Riddle. Ah, this one's tougher. Um, it is The, the Orton's the wild card that, and it's why I chose him from that group that we talked about. Um, because Orton, you go, well, gosh, he sure he, that sure would be a huge Lex Luger moment. Mm-hmm. But you also go, my God, you're 48. <laughs> so, 45 or however old he is. Yeah, it's actually, <clears throat> it is tough and it isn't tough. So so here's what it comes down to. Um, or- Orton has lived out the best years of his career. He is... I still contend he's at his peak in terms of his in-ring performance and mic performance right now, right? Uh, and I'm not meaning he was a, he's a better wrestler, like, skills-wise, but right now he's, he's at that perfect zenith of what he can do uh, in the ring for a storytelling standpoint, right? Um, and then he, his mic skills are all that... But because of that, uh, yeah, he would be huge signing for AEW. I don't, he's, he's too much of a bred in WWE character. So, so I'm not putting him there. The tougher thing is where I put him elsewhere, right? So, um, so I'm going to back burner him while I think about the other two a bit. Uh, I think, I think the best way to go with it is riddle to AEW. Um I because I think from a from a total package sort of thing, and I know you're not a riddle fan, but just from a total package, his mic skills, his in-ring skills, his character work, he fits in very well with with AEW. Um you can have some fun Jake Hager versus Matt back and forth because they both have MMA backgrounds. Um Matt Riddle's better MMA background, but that's beside the point. Um, but uh, so so Matt Riddle to AEW, um, Cesaro, Claudio Castanoli. Uh, I think at one point he actually was an impact. Uh, I know for sure he was in ROH, yeah, but I do think at one point he was in impact as well. Um, career show me ring of honor czw 
it's actually not showing TNA on this at all. So, so that makes it a little easier. Uh, Cesaro goes to Impact Wrestling. Cesaro to Impact Wrestling confirmed. And uh, that then puts Randy Orton able to live out the twilight of his career as the uh, veteran, experienced wrestler in Ring of Honor, um, helping the young guys get their start. I think that's a fitting way for it, especially since Bully Ray is no longer with Ring of Honor, so he could step into that kind of veteran experience. Yeah, that's what I'd do. Fair enough. Fair enough. Randy Orton makes things kind of suck in this game. Well, yeah, here's the deal is as good as I think Randy Orton is, he really doesn't fit any of the other places. Like if there's a wrestler that I would say should be a career WWE year, it's Randy Orton. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Even Tara Ryzen wasn't a career WWE guy. Yeah. I hope our fans go and look up Terrorizing now. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with independent wrestler and frequent contributor to AEW Dark Ryzen. Different guy. Yeah, absolutely. Terrorizing is a guy <laughs> who you know if you're a fan of professional wrestling. Yes. I cannot believe there's probably somebody out there looking that up. It yeah. blows my mind. So anyway, I wonder. We we really should look on the network to see if you can actually find some old WCW Terra Ryzen footage. Footage. I bet you it's on there. Anyways, uh, but on that note, we'll start to wrap things up for this here episode. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter and other social media. You can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DA Fabe at. D.A. Vincent K. Fabe. And in case you care, <coughs> you can follow JLB, even though he wasn't here, at JLB420 or uh, Real, Real Talk, Talk Radio, Radio is, is the brand. brand. Uh, Real Talk Radio 8 is at Twitter and RealTalkRadio.online. because it is the blog that hasn't been updated. Uh, dot online because .com and .co are stupid. Um, AKA more expensive. Um, <laughs> you can make sure to subscribe to us on whatever platform you use to listen to this podcast. Uh, there's going to be a button for follow or subscribe or like or something like that. That makes sure you get notified whenever we post new episodes. Um, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Just like the number of stars, you will give your vacation if you ever get to go to beautiful Turks and Caicos. Yeah, it's unfortunate this dang virus has to end before you can go. Yeah, yeah. Turks and Caicos. All the benefits of the Dominican Republic without being the Dominican Republic. That's probably the best tagline I've ever heard. <laughs> I just... We, we I mean, both it's have... also worst. It's it's synonymous with best and worst in both scenarios. <laughs> we we've uh, both of us had a coworker who uh, likes to vacation at uh, Dominican Republic during the uh, time of the year when you vacation in the Caribbean, sort of a thing, and um, he always would talk about his. Oh yeah, I, I was down in the DR. Yeah. Well, and and the interesting thing is he always had to talk about how, oh, no, we bring them coloring books and stuff because that's the best tip you can give them because they're so poor there. 
Yeah. Like, and you're spending thousands of dollars to go yeah. there. They're so poor there that instead of tipping them with actual money that they could use to better their lives, we will give them coloring, coloring books. You're just the you're just the best human on earth. You just you really are just the best human ever. Next time Except I see a person panhandling, you know, uh, on the on the freeway here, I'm gonna pull over and give them a coloring book because you know, apparently that's a great thing to give people who are poor. <laughs> I would pay money for you to do that. I'm sorry. I just have this vision of a guy looking at you going. Well, what the fuck was that? <laughs> That's two. Uh, I think I slipped another one in. So we're, we were in, uh, we were in R for a while. So fucking who cares? <laughs> Anyways, I just, I just get, especially if you knew it was like a non-legit panhandler, <laughs> like the guy. And so I, I obviously, as as most of our fans know, I I live in rural Nebraska. The largest town here is about fifty thousand people. It's called Grand Island, um, in this area. There's a guy that that uh, panhandles in front of one of the grocery stores in that town, and he'll hold a sign that says, um, uh, I think it says veteran or one of the cliches, need help. And then underneath of it, it says only money helps. And I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> like, there's programs for that to help with rent and whatnot. Just so you know, guy. <sighs> that's the guy I want you to walk up and give coloring books to. <laughs> Just so you know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, you can catch our Wix site in the pins tweet on my uh, Twitter or in the doobly-doos for this show. That way you can find all the other ways to listen to the show or listen to it live online sort of things like that. Um, you can go to our Patreon. Mentioned it before, but patreon.com slash rawandorderwbu. Support us there and get access to all of the sweet perks. And it's only three bucks a month there. Um, if you would rather not have a reoccurring charge like Patreon, We've got merch at shop.spreadshirt.com slash thronorderwbu. So you can head on over there and get yourself a shirt like uh, the Please Sponsor Us Turks and Caicos shirt. Uh, because we really, really, really want Turks and Caicos to sponsor us. Um, or the Not a Cop shirt. Or even um, we actually have just some hats that are designed with just a pretty simple Raw and Order WBU hat design. So you can show off your love for us that way, too. Uh the link is in the doobly doo shirt link is in the doobly doos is a shirt too so you can check all that stuff out at shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order wbu but on that note we will close the book on the fantasy booking institute and um when next you hear um one of us it will be when the botulon goes live on saturday Ooh, probably not gonna be you is it not gonna be me they're not gonna be you. Probably gonna be me. Me and JLB at JLB420. I need to talk a lot so that people can hear my voice. Goodbye. Goodbye. But thank you all for listening. We will see you all soon. <laughs>